Welcome to Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey. I am Nate, your Dungeon Master, and I have a special treat for you all today. But first, don't forget to leave us a rating and review. Now, onward to that special treat. We are beginning our historic vignettes, where we begin to learn about the history and the backstory of our characters. Some of that history will, of course, come back to play and haunt our characters. Some might just humanize them a little bit, which I think is really important if anybody's playing antagonistic character concepts at the table. Robert, by the way, is a sweetheart in real life, and Zerus is, you know, a little complicated. All right, last time on Carrots and Suffering. An evil divine vestige, a former god of disease, made contact with Zerus in his dreams. And then something says to you, I believe you attempted to contact me. You know, I probably did. <laughs> What's your name, friend? You can call me the Pox. All right, the Pox? Where can I meet you? Mm, I accept tribute. Our heroes investigated the house of the fallen alchemist, who was discovered dead and historically buried. She says, I do not think this was a natural occurrence of plague. I think, I think he may have been attacked by undead. Does he have all his fingers? Well, the body's not here. Well... The body's oh, gone, oh, but okay, it yeah, left yeah. a puddle of gross behind. Our heroes investigated the old abandoned mages guild house that had burnt down about four days ago. Creden will grab this book with the paper she found and just stuff it in her bag and then run over to the edge of, I guess, where the floor has collapsed and call down. Oh my god, are you okay? <laughs> uh... <laughs> that was unpleasant, but I'm fine. I helped Belaine up. I think I partially landed on Zerus. <laughs> Sounds about right. The investigation continued as they did research into ghosts with the help of Art Sage Mason and figured out how one might fight one. You recognize the word Horcrux. Ghosts usually have some sort of unfinished business or a literal physical object tethering them to this world. It would seem that this spell requires you to designate one. The investigation continued at the shrine where the local priest had gone missing. She looks at Zerus and says, do you want to just break the lock? Well, first let's walk around the building. You have not killed anything all day. <laughs> After following a few more leads, including some missing spellcasters, an empty grave, our heroes got a glimpse at some fishermen disposing of something body-like in the lake, and have moved to confront them. Are we trying to be stealthy, or are we just gonna, you know, burst in and do our thing? I mean, the streets are fairly empty at this point, right? Oh, there is no one awake in this town except you and those two people who just threw something in the lake. I do not see a reason for stealth. We know they are in there. <laughs> All right, well, let's go. I open the door. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Okay. You swing the door open. Inside is the smell of gross mud and old fish. Ugh. It's truly foul. And in this mess, you see about six guys sitting around a, a table playing cards. Good evening. Good evening. Are we talking? <laughs> Hi. One of them stands up and says, hey, th this is my warehouse. You guys here for cards like what what's the deal what'd you throw in the lake <laughs> i was curious about it looked like a body you threw in the lake what was that <laughs> he says with a big smile on his face <laughs> <laughs> so scary 
I mean, we throw stuff in the lake all the time. It's just the trash pit. I mean, we didn't throw a body in there, but like, you know, fish guts and stuff. That's normal. Oh, no wonder your water is so bad. At at one? Uh, you know, it's probably more like two or three now, <laughs> but, you know, we, we, we're, we're night owls. Hmm. Let me get a sense motive. Yeah, roll it. Sense motive. No motive. Uh, yeah, it's no, in, insight. insight. Yeah, it's insight. Is the appropriate name yeah. of that skill. Is that 3-5 or Pathfinder sense motive? Both of them. Oh, okay. Indeed. Share sense motive. I'll roll insight too. Yeah, Ooh. I've only gotten an 11. Natural 20, which is a 25. Natural 20. Okay. Wow. With an 11, you think this table's being strangely stone-faced in a way that maybe they're nervous. With a 20, Mandy, you get the impression that these guys are very nervous. They have been caught doing something. You see like beads of sweat running down their faces. You think they're lying through their teeth. Mm, okay. She says, well... I actually have a need of some fish guts for something I'm working on, so I think I will go out and collect what you just threw in the lake, if that is of no concern to you. I want to whisper over, should I just... suggestion? <laughs> oh, you could do that, too. One of the guys looks at you, and he says, be my guest. Perhaps you could show me the exact spot you threw it in. If you do not mind, I can pay for your trouble. Oh, no, no, we're in the middle of a card game. I'm busy at the moment, but it should be just right at the end of the docks. Delaying glances at Zerus <laughs> and Creedon. <laughs> I'm I'm ready. I want to cast suggestion on one of them, but I realize that that might not be. I mean, we don't have surprise, so that may mean rolling into initiative. I mean, you'd basically just say I suggest and whatever <laughs> you want to suggest to them. And... Yeah, I I will look at. I guess the guy that said that he owns the warehouse and say uh, I suggest that you tell us what you're truly doing and what you're truly throwing into the lake. We would hate for things to get hairy. And... He rolls a natural one. Oh, good. Yeah. He says, oh, yeah, we're making offerings to the Pox, the god that then protects us from the evil archsage Mason who wipes our brains and forbids people from gazing upon the god they immediately forget. And so we're the only people in town who can actually see it. And in order to keep that power, we, we have to keep feeding it dead bodies. Was that so hard? Was that all you needed to hear, Zerus? <laughs> you see the table of five guys slowly pushing their chairs back from the table. <laughs> They're all men. Yes. Villain says, gentlemen, that will be enough. They look at each other and they're like, okay. So, next question. And, <laughs> you know, we're on the precipice of getting rough and tumble, so your answers count. How have you met Pox. Uh, he, um... And I'm purposely being intimidating. Roll me intimidate. Sure. With a big smile and your hand gripping your axe. The big gregarious. <laughs> Fifteen. That smile just says, got him. <laughs> the guy who is doing most of the talking looks at you and says, well, Pox? We don't really meet Pox. You get really sick, and then he comes to you in your in your fever dreams and says, I'll, I'll heal you and protect you from the evil wizard if you throw the guy who died last week into the river. And so we do. Is it always the same place in the uh, lake? Doesn't have to be. Pox doesn't specify. Great. Do y'all have any last words or family you want contacted? <laughs> you see them look around at the table and they're like, Timmy, get out here. 
and rising out of the floor is a ghost mm. that appears to be missing its fingers. Please roll me initiative. I knew they were all tied together. <laughs> Greeton, you get advantage because you got the bow. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm. Thank you for the reminder. I got an 11. I also got an 11. Oh, am I more dexterous than you? You probably are. I have a zero dex. Oh, 12. <laughs> Sorry, plus one dex. Okay. I got an 18. Creedon, you were first. A ghost and six guys are all around this table. I am just going to Eldritch Blast one, I think. A guy or a ghost? I'll go for the ghost. And I got okay. a, a 14 to hit. 14 hits? Oh, cool. Seven force damage. Okay. Yeah, it rockets, rockets through him. The ghost... Wait, when you say rockets through, is it hits? Your heart goes through him, because he's not really corporeal, and it seems okay. to take some essence with him, with it. Cool. The ghost, for its turn, says, that was a mistake. And his face opens up, revealing rows and rows of screaming teeth. Please, everyone, roll me a wisdom saving throw. The teeth are what? screaming? Yeah, what is a screaming tooth? Like a very each <laughs> each individual tooth has a smaller mouth on it that screams. Oh, that, that is terrifying. I am. Oh, Did you man. say constitution? No wisdom. wisdom. Oh no. Wisdom. Ten. I got a natural twenty, so that's a twenty-five. Oh wait, no, I have okay, not ten. Twelve. Twelve. I got a five. <gasps> oh. It's just a bad day for dice. It's, it's knocking you out. Zerus, please roll me a d4. Okay. One. Great. You're ten years older. <gasps> no! <gasps> oh right. my wanted... god. As your life energy flees your body. One of those. Fucking... Uh, Creedon and Zerus, you are frightened. You cannot move closer to this specter. Zerus, how old was Zerus? Somewhere around 30, so now somewhere around 40. Now you look, you're looking like you're in your 40s, my friend. Creedon is horrified. <laughs> I'm frightened less of the ghost and more of what just happened to Zerus. <laughs> oh, actually, I put down age 40, so... Oh, no, oh you're 50, 50 now. Yeah. Okay. Oh, those knees. Oh, the knees are going to give out. It's always the knees for... Those poor, poor knees. <laughs> <laughs> that was the ghost's turn. So next up was... Was it Zerus with an 11? Yeah, uh, it'd be Boulain with an 11. We both got an 11. Okay, yeah, you're both up. Who goes first? Pick yourself up and do it. Boulain can go first. Boulain is going to cast Silence on the room. And it goes quiet. Deathly quiet. And as a bonus action, she is going to cast Spiritual Weapon. So if you silence the room... Oh, I can't cast a spell, can I? You can would cast you it. silence yourself? I think yeah. you would. You can do it in the other order, but it also will stop Creedence spells. It will, but I don't want that thing to scream again. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I do have a bow. I, I do have a crossbow with silver bolts. I was saving them for the pox, but maybe I don't want to do that. Yeah, we do need to take out the ghost, and at least I need magic for that. All right, she's going to cast Guiding Bolt on the ghost. Okay, roll to hit. That is a 16. That hits. Yay. All right, it's 46 radiant damage. Yep. 14 points of radiant damage. Okay. You blast it. There's a hole in the middle of this ghost. Good. Zerus, 
I will rush to the middle of the card playing folks. I assume they're all still kind of around the table. Oh yeah, they haven't had a turn yet. I will become enraged at their That's reasonable. hedonistic heresy, and I will start shopping. So I will pick the guy we were talking with first. Okay, rolled it with pleasure. That's an eighteen. Super hits with fifteen damage total, split between slashing okay. and radiant. Yeah, you cut his arm off and deep into his chest, and he goes down, gurgling. I look at the next one, and that—that's my turn. Okay, the guys look a little shocked, a little surprised. Out from under the table comes buckets and shovels. Zerus, uh, three of them are going to attack you with shovels. Okay. These are improvised weapons. 20 to hit is probably going to connect. Yep. Oof. But an 8 and a 3 are not going to do it. Correct. And half damage, please. So half of 6 is 3. Meanwhile, the guys with buckets decide to try to run, but you all are between them and the main door, so... They're going to sprint into the back of the warehouse looking for weapons. I'm going to take an attack of opportunity on one of them. Sure, take it. Ooh, that's an 11 to hit. That'll hit. Excellent. Nine slashing and four radiant for a total of 13. Great, you take off a leg. The man is dead. Creedon, you're at the bottom of the order. Go ahead. I'm frightened of it, but can I not... Can I attack it or no? You can attack it, but you can't move near it. Okay. Let me check the frightened condition and make sure that you can attack it without any penalties. Yeah. I'm tempted to just cast protection from evil and good on myself because I'm scared of it. But maybe I should damage it so it doesn't turn you 60. <laughs> Disadvantage on attack rolls. Oh. For as long mm. as you can see him. Okay. Well, it does make sense that if I'm very scared of it, I'm going to prote cast protection from evil and good on myself. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Zerus, for the ghost's turn, it smiles at you and reaches a hand forward. Please mold me a charisma saving throw. I would love to. That's that's a much better save for me. <laughs> I mean, much better is, you know, two, but 11 is what I've scored on that. Okay. The ghost disappears into your chest. <gasps> oh, you my God. You are not you. Oh, shit. Oh, God <laughs> damn it. I should have cast it on him. <laughs> Quick, burn the wharf down. <laughs> Zerus will turn to face you all. Oh no. And say in Zerus's voice. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> You're both spellcasters, I see. Oh. I have a proposition for you. Zerus, oh. an incident occurred in which you have you have manifested your divine rage. It did not go how the paladins would have wanted it to go. You are now in the office of the General of Genosh. He is eight or nine ranks above you and very angry. Standing next to you is your sergeant, who is generally a pretty chill dude, who is trying to convince the general that this is, um, this is a little bit of an overreaction without saying that. And I believe that is the scene I want to run. Is there anything you want to add to it? Any other people that need to be present? If you want, we also discussed uh, potentially adding Fikes. Oh, yes. Or or an offended party. Yeah, he could definitely be the offended party. <laughs> okay. You say I said Frikers, the dude? Yeah, that's oh, right. Mm -hmm. Like. Ooh. Yeah, like. Is it like Frikers or Frikers like? 
It's like, like Frikers. Frikers. Yeah. General of Genosha. Any name for a General of Genosha, everybody? Just just one name, just last name. Boris. Johnson. General Boris Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay, he stepped down. <laughs> you guys are really good at helping here. Um, I'm going to play on that. I'm going to go with Jokin. As I love I'm it. I don't, I don't know about that. Joking. Joking me. I'm only joking. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> general Jokin. He rose Muppet. to the rank of Muppet general would be by better. murdering everyone who played on his name. <laughs> he can be General Jerkin. General Jerkin. <laughs> wow. Mm. Isn't that a kind of sweater? <laughs> I think. I think he has a name like like I think he has the, a very generic like Astragarian name, like. What? What is a generic? See that that's my problem. Like I don't know what a generic Astragarian name is. Like yeah, one I mean, of the names that I mean, came the only, to my the mind only was generic name we know is Astra. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's going to be his first name. Okay. Was Mallory, but I don't know how generic that is for. I think he's a. I think the general of Genosha is not he, like he's a paladin in title, but I think he's a cleric in actuality, probably of the luminous one. So I'm going to name him Astra, and then I need a a, a light evoking name, Solaris. I mean, Solaris is kind of light evoking, but Shine Bottom. <laughs> is he a halfling? No, he's <laughs> short. That's sure. that's an amazing halfling name. Man, if I ever do a pallet, a halfling paladin, his name is Shine, Shine bottom, bottom for sure. <laughs> All right. That is uh. Okay, and then a... Sergeant oh. Sergeant Goats. What about just Lux? Astrolux. I dig that. And Sergeant Goats. And I think your sergeant is actually the the very rare cleric of the Green Man. Like he's he's got kind of army ranger vibes, mm. except that like he's he's way into the survival element. Like so much so <laughs> it's embarrassing for everyone else. Mm. Mm. He's the kind of guy that like has a beard down to his dick and like wanders into the woods with a knife for three months. I'm going on sabbatical. Yeah. <laughs> Deal with it. Wanders into mm. the woods wearing nothing and only having has the knife with him, mm. like that kind of thing. <laughs> so this scene opens. Cirrus, you are younger. You are uh, actually a very young man. Um, casual observers might not even call you an adult if they didn't know better. Uh, in this office... There is a imposing figure in clerical robes behind a desk with military medals hanging off of a sash that wraps over his sort of priest garb. And you know that this is the general of Genosh, General Lux. He's been in charge in the military for many, many years, uh, came up through the ranks, was a paladin from a very young age, and is a, a bit of a living legend. Next to you is your sergeant, Sergeant Goats. Uh, sergeant Goats is a is a cleric of the Green Man. He has hair that's just way too long, way too much facial hair, and is constantly like covered in sort of animal furs that he caught himself and tanned. He's a very survivalistic dude, but he's also really live and let live, and he seems kind of unperturbed by the events that brought you here. 
sitting in a chair across the room away from you looking terrified is Like Frakers. Now, Like is is a big a big kid. Um, he is also a young man, uh, a little larger than you, but I believe like he has two black eyes, his jaw is probably dislocated, and his arm is broken. General Lux is going to start us off. And he says, okay, men, this is a disaster. This is not behavior that we expect from the Paladin Corps in any way, shape, or form. This is not according to our code of conduct. Oh, I am, I am furious. Sergeant, explain the situation. And Sergeant says, uh, well, <clears throat> newly minted Sergeant Zerus here. And the general says, stop it, stop it. Okay, he's been, he's clearly pulled some divine power. That's wonderful. I have not promoted him yet. He does not have the promotion. He says, okay, um, Lieutenant Zerus here feels that private like Frikers committed a crime on his watch. Zerus uh, was a witness to that and things got heated and Zerus took matters into his own hands. The general looks over at Like and says, what do you have to say for yourself? And Like says, I don't, I was, uh, it was like a mistake. Like I wasn't going to steal it for real. Um, he says, talking through a broken jaw. And the general says, that, that was bullshit. Like, and he turns and looks over at you, Zerus, and says, Zerus, what the fuck? Well, sir, uh, the private here was going to take more than double his, his daily rations worth. And when I told him to put it back, he said, what? As though he didn't know what I was talking about. So I felt that there was going to be no reasoning with him. So I reasoned with him. The general sits down and like rubs his temples with both hands and says, like, you're cleaning the shitters for three months. Get out of the office. And like stands up and sort of walks out, leaving as much physical space between you and him as humanly possible as he leaves. And the general says, Sergeant, I cannot have this behavior. Cannot have this behavior. I can't have it in the city of Genosh. I can't have it in the military camp. I cannot have it in public like this for any reason. This is a disaster. And I certainly cannot elevate a person for, for pulling divine power out of their ass in this way against another paladin. And the sergeant says, uh, with all with all due respect, General, um, a god selected him. I don't think there's anything we can do about that. And the general seems to put on a very stone face. He, he suddenly becomes incredibly calm. It would set a bad precedence to elevate you, Cirrus, immediately. I am inclined to move you out of the paladin guard to city guard. The city guard has been asking for more resources. A person who can channel divine power would be considered a, a big boon, a big favor. It would go a long ways to building diplomatic relationships between the military camp of Genosh and the guard of Astragar. However, you will not have the rank of paladin. And the sergeant says, I, this feels a little extreme. I, like, survived. 
And the, the general kind of looks at him and says, do you have any idea how much political shit is going to start for this absolute fuck up? I am going to be, I am going to be pulled into meetings. I'm gonna, This is going to be a complete disaster. Like this is going to bogart my time for months. Explain to me, Sergeant, how you think this person who is not even an officer yet deserves this level of it, of exception. And the sergeant kind of looks over at you and says, I don't, I don't, Zerus, you want to add anything, man? Well, uh, in my defense, I didn't know uh, that divinity would channel through me as I was striking him. Uh, and I can, you know, there aren't many frikes left, so it should be a smaller shitstorm. <laughs> the sergeant gives you a little giggle. And and looks at the general, and the general says, Oh my god. Okay. Zerus, you're taking a position on the city guard of Astragar. In one year, I will review your case. You may be able to come back in if I decide that you have learned something, anything at all, and this is blown over. All right? Sergeant, make it happen. Paperwork, now. Yes, sir. If that's how I'm best to serve. <clears throat> and the general sort of waves his hand, and the sergeant turns and says, we should probably go. You get out into the hallway. And Sergeant says, okay, all things considered, uh, I think that was a little on the harsh side. But hey, maybe in a year we can get you back in, back on the paladin path, right? I slam my fist angrily into the wall next to me. Yeah, that's going to be great. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm going to go fill out that paperwork. And if you see like, do me a favor and let him live, okay? Sure thing, Sarge. The true tragedy of this being an audio medium is that people won't get to see Robert's horrifying smiles yeah. in his anger. <laughs> he does have, like, that horrifying angry smile, and you're just like, oh shit, dude. <laughs> We'll see who's next in initiative order. <laughs> Boulaine. Fuck, I don't know what to do. Zerus has taken damage. Yes. <laughs> I need an hour and then I can fix this problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boulaine touches the raven tattoo and she casts Hold Person on Zerus. Okay. Nice. Zerus won't roll the saving throw. The ghost will, yeah. but that's actually good because the ghost is worse than Zerus. Mm. With a three. Oh, excellent. All right, Zerus. Zerus freezes up and does not move. Okay. Okay, okay that's my whole turn. Guys with shovels, they turn towards you two. There's only two of them left. Point their shovels at you and say, all right, sounds like our friend here, Mr. Seven Fingers, would like to deal with you personally, so we're just going to go away now, and y'all are going to let us just leave. Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> Top of the initiative order is Creighton. Should we hit him? I say pointing to Zerus. Boulaine looks totally uncertain. She looks like she is absolutely out of her wheelhouse. <laughs> what would Zerus do? What would Zerus do? Zerus would attack Zerus. Zerus would kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> 
I suppose we could attack him until he is unconscious. Yeah, I think I'm going to try to hit him with an Eldritch Blast. Okay. I don't think we should negotiate with this guy. Agreed. Oh, boy. Well, that was a 10 to hit. I believe Zerus' armor class is higher than that. I'm going to also run 30 feet away. <laughs> 30 feet will take you back out of this warehouse. That's fine to me. Okay, you sprint out of that warehouse, leaving Boulain alone. Fuck. Greedin! <laughs> oh, wait. Wait. Oh, oh! I have protection from evil and good on me as well. Okay, can I just run to, like, the doorway, but not all the way out? You can run to the doorway. Are yeah. you blocking okay. the guys from leaving? But no. It's next to the door. I'm ready to bolt if things go too sideways. Well, you are frightened and can't move closer and should move further. Yeah. So this makes sense to me. Zerus, please read me this. <laughs> I'm so scared. Can he speak with old person? His mouth doesn't seem to move, but this voice comes out of him. Mm. I can make you like me. Give up your corporeal form. And Zerus, please roll me a wisdom saving throw. I would love to try. Six. Oh. Okay. No change. Okay, who's next? Is it my turn? It, yeah. Uh, yeah. Lane says I am fairly fond of my corporeal form, unfortunately, for you. She's going to cast Toll the Dead on him. Okay, he's going to roll a wisdom saving throw. Zerus, it's your body. Go ahead and roll it. You can choose that. That's an 18. Way. Yeah, I choose to fail. If- Wait, can't- I mean, I rolled an 18, but if I can choose to fail, I... Your previous wisdom saving throw is not sufficient for you to make Yeah, that's fair. a willful okay. choice, unfortunately. You did have to roll. Can I also do a bonus action, though? Yeah. Yeah. I will also cast spiritual weapon. Okay. A weapon appears. What does it look like? Well, it looks like a ghost form of a raven, and it's a force damage, okay. so I'm going to say it closes its wings. Alright. A big raven smacks Zerus. Roll to hit. That's a 15. That's not enough, is it? Zerus, what's your AC? 14. So you hit. Oh, okay. And I don't think I'm raging anymore. You have come out of rage, correct, because you did not sustain your attacks. Yep. Nine points of damage. So track that for me, Zerus. Sure. And that's up for one minute. Okay. The thugs see that you're not going for this, so they charge you, Belaine. Oh, good. <laughs> 14 to hit? Uh, nope, 15. Oh. 16 to oh, hit. That I one thought does. they were just going to leave. I thought they were Whoops. just running. Oh, well. They, You're still between them and the door. <laughs> yeah, one of them hit. The 16 hits. Take four damage as you were hit with a shovel. And you said four just now? Correct. Running out of the back of the warehouse comes men carrying meat hooks. Yeah. There's more uh, of them? For the most part. Yeah. Right, there were two that made it to the back. Oh, right. Yep, there oh, were yeah. two that made it to the back, and they come running out. Boulaine, you were the first person and the only person, so... <laughs> Fish hook number one, a 12 to hit and a 15 to hit. So that's one hit, yep. I believe. Take three damage as you are hit with a meat hook. God damn it. Meanwhile, Creedon, it is your turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I'm going to keep trying to hit Zerus. Okay. That was a 20 non-natural to hit. That hits Zerus. That is, ooh, 13 force damage. Zerus, take 13 damage. I am unconscious. Excellent. That's what we wanted. Zerus <laughs> falls down and a ghost spews out of his mouth and is now floating above Zerus. And the ghost says, one down. Shame you didn't agree to anything. And with its turn, it will fly forward to try no. to touch 
Boulaine. No. Dang. Boulaine, oh I need a charisma saving charisma. throw. Charisma. Okay, that's not bad. It's one of my. 14. That is just oh. enough as it touches you and you force it away as you feel it touching your mind. Okay, I've got like five things to do here. <laughs> Boulaine, it is now your turn. There's a ghost touching you. There's four dudes surrounding you. Creedence behind you. Zerus is unconscious. Zerus is down on the ground. Okay. Mm. Just out of reach. Okay. She's going to grab the dude who got her with the meat hook and cast and okay. inflict wounds on him. Okay. No, kill the ghost. Well, she's kind of got immediate threat and the bigger threat. The ghost is a very immediate <laughs> threat. And then she's going to also move the spiritual weapon to hit one of the other dudes who's right there. Okay. So she's going to roll to inflict wounds. That's a 15. That is. Oh, shit. What is this? 3d10. I'm pretty sure that when they see us kill a ghost, they'll probably not want to fight us. I'm hoping when, if I kill one of them, they will no longer want to fight us. <laughs> this is also an, an intimidation move on her part. I don't know if that matters. Let's see. That's 11. 11 points of necrotic damage as cuts just open up all over this dude's body. Yeah, his his veins explode and he melts into a pool of ooze. Mm -hmm. And then the spiritual weapon, which he <laughs> moved onto another guy. She doesn't even blink. She moves the raven over and it claps its wings at one of the other ones for a whopping one point of damage. He looks hurt. Good. He pulls back with a broken nose. That brings us to their turn. Like, Can I roll intimidate or something on them to scare them away? Sure, no, that was what she wanted. She wanted to scare them with that. D20 plus charisma. I mean, you melted a man. It's true. It's pretty intimidating. 12. It's not great. Yeah. They all look at Creedon and bull rush Creedon as they try to get out of this building. Boulaine, if you have a melee weapon, you can attack. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, with an attack she opportunity. She's going to swing her quarterstaff around and try to whack one of them. That is a 10. That misses. Okay. Three people are going to bull rush Creedon. Creedon, I need you to give me first an athletics roll or acrobatics. Okay. <laughs> Five. Good news. The first guy runs up to shove you. I think he touches your breast and then gets really awkward about it and just backs up really fast. Like, oh, God, I didn't mean it. That's not what I was going if for. If looks could kill. <laughs> Press the advantage. I'm not a pervert, Press I swear. Press the advantage. <laughs> he rolls a natural one on his athletics check. <laughs> another guy throws his shoulder into you. Creedon, I need another one. Twelve. You are blasted backwards five feet. You are no longer blocking the door. Oh, I was not blocking the door. I said that I was standing next to the door. So that they you are nowhere near the door now. Okay. And a third guy slams into you, threatening to throw you into the mud. Please roll me another one. <gasps> Anything but that. Calamity! <laughs> oh no, nine. Ooh, he rolls an 18. He shoves you. You go down off the dock. Roll me a dexterity saving throw. No! <laughs> oh, that is a 21. You catch the rim of the dock. You do not fall into the mud. You are not sucked down. There is nothing that eats you. <laughs> but you are hanging by your hands off of the dock. Hmm. That's their whole turn, though. They basically run up, push Creedon, move 10 feet away, and that's it. Except for the guy who is too embarrassed to live or die now. Eldritch Blast! Eldritch Blast! Am I still frightened? You are frightened for a Have minute. Been... It's only been 12 oh, okay. seconds, oh, so... Okay. Got a ways to go. 
Well, I can't really attack the ghost because I have disadvantage on it. Oh, did I take any damage during that? Because I have nope. protection from good and evil is concentration. You just got shoved. Okay. Uh, can I pull myself up? Yeah. It's going to take your whole movement to pull yourself yeah. up and stand up, but you, you can do that. You are on the dock again. Let's see, but the guy's running? They appear to be running from you, but they're five, ten feet away. I mean, if they're running away, I don't really care. I'm worried about that ghost. So I guess I'm just going to try to attack the ghost with Eldritch Blast with disadvantage. Okay. Can you I can see, see it? it through the door, yeah. Okay. Mm, that's a 10 to hit. A 10 is just going to miss. <sighs> the ghost just has Boulain to choose from. Mm. Yeah, this is bad because I can't <laughs> hit a, it. This is a bad situation. <laughs> this is why I'm telling you to kill the ghost. <laughs> fuck. It says, last chance. Join me or die. And it touches you. You don't get a save this time. It touches you, and you now will understand how the alchemist died. Mm. So a 21 will hit you, mm. and necrotic damage floods every corner of your body. Oh. You take 17 necrotic damage. Oh, damn. That knocks her right out. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> yeah, that was just enough to hit her hit point maximum. So, yep. She's out. You were oozing all kinds of terrible fluids. Sorry, Zerus, I was going to heal you on my next turn as soon as I wasn't being attacked anymore, but uh, guess that's out. <laughs> so today I want to talk about mysteries. I love to run them. They're very tricky, though. So mysteries start as an unknown story that already happened. Our characters try to find that story, but what makes a mystery interesting is that there isn't someone sitting around who can just tell them the whole story. Because D&D adds crazy powers like speak with dead, suggestion, mind reading, charms, divinations, dominate person, it's important to ensure that no one person or monster in the story has the whole story. Otherwise, it'd be really easy to kind of boring to just get the details. An extra trick is that I ensure that each person has a spin on the details that they know or they believe. They have a perspective, an objective truth, or even a favorite set of lies. Characters and players then have to decide how much they trust the person they're talking to and how much they trust the method by which they came from that information. Now, it's important that our mystery has witnesses and evidence. Now, I prefer to make a list of possible evidence and a list of possible witnesses before running the game. This gives me a few options. As we play, I cross off evidence as bad rolls eliminate the possibility that they are going to get that evidence. Also, as players think out loud and come up with really cool ideas, they might say something that I didn't think of, and then I can add that to the evidence list. I also encourage the players to stop and think out loud to try to put together the pieces they've found. I get really excited when they're both right and when they're wrong, because it lets me confirm or deny these theories with subtle shifts in the evidence down the line. This gives players the impression that they're solving a difficult problem, and that is because they are. I don't correct everything, and if they believe a lie, well, that's part of the story, but I do try to send them towards some kind of success at the end. Now for the really hard part. A mystery can be failed, and this is really essential, because if there's no chance of failure, it wasn't a mystery. You should know what failure looks like ahead of time. Characters could lose key pieces of information, they could not find the answer in time, key witnesses could disappear, the information could be just gone. 
They could ask the wrong questions or fall for lies. They could miss a key clue. Now, I generally give them more than one chance to get a given clue, but it's possible the story they knit together ends up being just wrong, and the actions they take as a result could be completely misplaced. I don't tell them when they failed, though sometimes it's obvious, but I do make it clear that failure is always an option. And in a game where failure often leads to a fight and possibly death, I find this kind of failure, failing a mystery, to be far more threatening and far more rewarding than just how many hit points are left in your body. Now, podcasting a mystery is exceptionally tricky because the audience has to share the fate of the players, who are sort of the audience for the mystery story, even if they fail. So from time to time, you'll hear me adding in tidbits and edits because I don't want you to be confused, even if confusion is what the players earned. Well, those are the steps to making a mystery plot and my personal philosophy on it. Good luck. Make a plot. Enjoy the time. It's going to be great, guys. Bulane, I think this is this is Admiral Lunari comes to visit you in essentially the funeral home at the entrance to the catacombs. Okay. Is there anybody else here? I don't think so because I think Bulane prefers to work at night when it's dark because because the light doesn't hurt her eyes if she has to go outside. So I think if he's coming to see her, it's probably the middle of the night to the wee hours of the morning. And yeah, she's alone with bodies probably doing her work. Okay. So you, you have a couple of dock workers who got in a scuffle mm. and you are busy interning these bodies. It's a real shame. They were in their mid-40s, could have made it another 20 years at least, but, you know, you live with the decisions you make, and you die the same way as everybody else. Yep, so I imagine she is wrapping these bodies in... I should do more research on this death cloth, I don't know. <laughs> sure. She's turning them into mummies, essentially, and there is probably a section in the graveyard or in a crypt or somewhere where they put unimportant people who died anonymously or whatever. And so she's, she is just getting them ready for that burial, right? There is a knock on the door of the funeral home. She wipes her hands and goes and opens the door a little bit surprised. It is, it is very late. It is like three in the morning. You can see the full moon shining up above. It's past the zenith. It's very, very late. And at your door, in full-dress uniform, is Admiral Lunari, the de facto leader of this whole city. He looks like he has hastily donned his military coat, his navy jacket, but he still looks like he's in pretty good shape. Admiral Lunari looks to be about 52. He's got some distinguished gray streaks through his hair. He's got a, a weathered look on his face and spent a lot of time fighting pirates in his youth. He's got many visible battle scars, but these days, desk job. All right. She says, Admiral, what brings you here at this hour? Boulaine, I feel the need to inform you of some developments. We made an arrest at a bar. Would you come in? Yes, absolutely. Is your workout on the tables? Because I would really prefer to maybe... I have a sitting area. <laughs> okay. Great. She takes them to like, a little table and chairs, and there's a little 
not quite kitchen, but there's some accoutrements there. And she says, would you like tea? No, no, there's something about this area and its proximity to the other room where I think no food prepped here is going to it's going to meet my needs. She pulls out her flask and puts it on the table and says, or whiskey. You know, whiskey sounds good. <laughs> she gets out two little cups and fills them and sits down. He takes a, a little sip and says, so two men were in a, a little bit of a barroom scuffle earlier and we arrested them. Oh, you arrested them. Good. They are still alive. Yeah. Yeah. They're both in the drunk tank. I was chatting with one of them because they were under the impression that there was some danger that was coming for you specifically. For me? Yeah. Do you know Taman? Uh, a half-elf named Taman? She draws up a little bit and looks askance of him, and she says, Yes, I know a Taman, half-elf. Uh, so I guess he was trying to help find you. Some Some long-lost relative left you money or something. Uh, anyway, the person he escorted here turns out is a bounty hunter and is looking to abduct you? Uh, this revelation? This bounty hunter is looking for me by name? No, no. Apparently he's looking for a an elf with unmatched eyes and pale skin. Well, that does narrow things down. He has uh, apparently a piece of paper with some descriptions of some notable tattoos on it. Oh, all right. She scoots back and she says, Taman is under the impression that this person wants to bring me money from a dead loved one? Well, he was. Apparently, after a few drinks, this bounty hunter let his true intentions be known, and uh, they got in a bit of a scuffle, and I arrested both of them. Oh, Taman, you beautiful, charming idiot. I uh, am under the impression that this bounty hunter has very likely learned your name. She gets up and she starts to pace for a second, and she turns around and looks at him and says, Admiral, can you can you find a reason to hold them for two days? Yeah, yeah, I can. I think they've given me at least that level of uh, offense. She nods her head slowly and she says, all right, that should give me enough time. Assume you are not planning on striking first, right? Because I don't want to deal with a murder. Oh, no. Going. Oh, no, Admiral, I assure you I would do nothing of the sort. No, two days will give me enough time to pull on the resources I need to leave undetected. I am going to have hmm. to go away for some time, I think. It is all right. Seven's granddaughter is now the captain of her old ship, and her crew still thinks of me as family. They will help me. I suppose I should also send to Astragar that you will need a new mortician temporarily. Yeah, well, so before we get too far down that road, are you are you safe? No. Is this... Uh, no, Admiral, okay. I am not safe at all. Do I need to do something? I mean, you're a respected member of this community. Do, do I need to do something? Admiral... The best thing for me to do right now is just disappear. I've been evading this sort for a long time. I am quite good at it. Okay. Do not do anything to the bounty hunter. They keep tabs on each other. They have a guild. If anything happens to this bounty hunter, his buddies will learn about it, and they will be on your doorstep as well. So just hold them for two days. I will be gone. 
I will see to it that the temple sends you another mortician. You can work out a similar arrangement with them that you have with me, and they can use my house until I come back. All right. Um... And her face through this has been very neutral, but just the fact that she's pacing says that she's pretty troubled <laughs> about this whole thing. He reaches into his jacket pocket and pulls out a, a couple gold and sets it down on the table and says, this isn't much, but hopefully it'll cover some moving expenses. And um, I want you to know that uh, this community really appreciates you, and I hope you come back. I do too, General. I have not had a place I've been able to call home for most of my life, and Turtle Bay has been that for the last... 60 years. I was going to say, you've certainly been here all of my life. <laughs> and a good deal of your father's. You know, when Seven died, I, after we buried her at sea, I had always figured I would take back to the itinerant life and start traveling again, but I had rather grown to enjoy settling down. So I was staying. My mistake. <sighs> Boulain, I'm not going to ask questions about why there's a bounty hunter chasing you. Obviously, it's not empire business, or it would be paladins. But I want you to know you'll always have an ally here in Turtle Bay if you decide to come back. Thank you, Admiral. That means a lot. And he stands up and says, if you'll excuse me, it is long past my bedtime. I understand. She gets up and opens the door for him, and she says, thank you, Admiral, for coming toward me. Yeah, well, I suspect uh, Trayman won't be helping this bounty hunter out anymore. You want me to give him a message? No. No. Taman and I split three years ago, and I had no plans on ever seeing him again. All right. Then that will be how we keep it. Thank you. And the Admiral walks off in the moonlight. And Boulain closes the door quickly finishes her work on the two bodies, and then starts to pack. The three dudes run for it. Creedon. Well, I guess we're just going to have a disadvantaged fight against each other. So Give I'm just going to try to Eldritch Plastic, because I don't have much else going for me. Oh, God. Well, that's a seven to hit. That won't do it. Mm. Oh, what should I try to do? I can't run in there to try to help anybody because I can't approach it. Oh, actually, I need to make a death save. My first death save is a success. Okay. The ghost flies out at you, Creedon. It is about to touch you. When the area around you fills with a brilliant light. Oh, the Archsage showed up. Let's see. Mask here, light wounds. Ten damage is healed to all three of you. I was already at full, so I just feel a gust of air. Now you're beaming. <laughs> and the light fades away almost immediately. Creedon, roll me a knowledge religion. You're the only one conscious to potentially observe this. Mm. Oh, that was a nat one. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Lightning struck and brought us back to life, Frankenstein monster style. Mm. <laughs> Whoa. You don't have any idea what happened there. Make whatever assumptions you wish. No information is for free. Thanks, patron, I guess. It goes to touch you, Creedon. It has disadvantage, meaning a nine will probably not hit you. Oh, wait. Also, whenever I cast that on myself, actually, my Frightened ended. Whenever I cast protection from Good and Evil. Or, wait, no, I have advantage on any new saving throw. Do I not get to do a saving throw again for this? No, the Frightened just lasts one minute. Oh, okay. Well, that's a bummer. I thought that that would help me get out of the Frightened. 
I mean, no. no, but it is keeping you alive right now. Zerus, your your eyes open. It felt for a moment very warm. Roll me a knowledge religion roll. You have disadvantage because you were literally unconscious. Please somebody figure this out. <laughs> we have a 21 and a 14. 14. That light felt how your divine rage feels. Hmm. Some godlike power has intervened on your behalf. Hmm. With that in mind, you're awake. You have 10 hit points. What are you doing? I am attacking a ghost with some rage behind it. Okay. Charge and roll to hit. Please. I will as soon as I mark my rage use here. Okay. You and you. 16 to hit. Oh. And That'll definitely hit. 16 magical slashing and 4 radiant. Jesus. Okay. You rip an axe through it and the ghost goes, this is only the beginning. And it dissipates. Your previous knowledge religion roll is sufficient to let you know it will be back midnight tomorrow night unless you can find its horcrux and destroy it. Mm. Creighton is crying. She was so scared. I rush over to Boulain and heal her for four points. Oh, thank you. I was going to heal you too. (laughs) I thought you two were dead. I thought I was too. That that was interesting. Yes, I was a bit worried for a moment there. Boulain will cast Healing Word on Zerus. Why not a stronger heal just to put it out there cure wounds is more powerful oh, it than is word. It, it, well potentially i mean it's, it's still a die roll right correct okay. correct yeah she'll cast cure wounds. but you are under no stress so you don't yeah. need to use the ranged version that's true 10 points awesome that that is pretty good so three of these guys have run off into town three of them are dead lying around the floor let's search this warehouse Yes, we should search the warehouse. Okay. I would also be interested to see if the body outside has already been claimed by the docks. Mm. If you go to the edge of the docks and look down, you do not see a body in the mud. All right. Well. But give me an investigate roll for the warehouse. Yes. I assume someone's going to help me. Oh, yes, I will help you instead of rolling. 19, then. I'm still too distraught. 19. In the back of the warehouse, you find a trap door. I, I open the trap door. <laughs> cool. Cool, cool. The smell of fish dissipates to something far worse. Mm -hmm. There is truly noxious fumes. Creighton sprays some of her fancy perfume in a handkerchief and ties it over (laughs) her face. casts thaumaturgy on herself and also on Zerus and Creighton so that we're getting the Vicks vapor rub smell under our noses instead. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Vicks incense. Yes. Okay, you can not throw up. Great. Pretty good. What's down there? <laughs> yeah, who's going down there? Sure. There's a little ladder that goes down in the darkness. I will go down first. Would you like me to look before we climb down? Because I can see in the dark. I can also cl- use a lantern. All right. I'm just saying I could poke my head down there before you actually go down. Okay. okay. Go ahead. All right. Boulain will look before. Okay. Boulain, roll me perception. Okay. 22. Okay, yeah, there is a shrine down there. It doesn't appear to be dedicated to any god you recognize. Mm. It appears to have rotting hunks of flesh and pus piled up in a pile in front of it. Sorry, I just threw up a little bit in my mouth. (laughs) And behind the shrine is a couple of storage crates and a stone door leading toward the lake. 
Okay. She will poke her head back up and says, well, there's a shrine to rot that we could probably just burn on our way out, and there are some crates and a stone door to the lake. Let's begin. All right. <laughs> so I'll go down there. Okay. Let's let's start with the boxes. Yeah, the crates first. Okay, you pop the crates open. In here is mostly spoiled foodstuffs, things that have been rotted and destroyed. You're guessing it's like backup sacrifices for the altar? Mm. Okay. And that's it? That's the only thing in there? Roll me perception Ugh. as you look at a pile of rotted food. 13. Not 20. 11. Not 20. Something catches your eye. There's a glint of silver underneath some truly outrageous dead rats and some fruit that is no longer recognizable. Hey, what's that? What is what? I go for it to figure out what it is. I mean, I can mage hand it if you prefer. That might not be a bad idea. I would save someone a con save. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I would like to attempt to pick it up with Mage Hand. Okay, Mage Hand, you pull out from a pile of rot a silver symbol of the Radiant One. Destroying that shit. Yeah, I'll hold it up. You can shoot it. <laughs> How so? Describe your destruction. Mm. I will cast Sacred Flame on it, which will do Radiant damage. Okay. And I can do that repeatedly. That's cool. I just wanted a more looking for a description than oh. an actual combat challenge here. All right, she has uh, Creedon hold it at a distance from us, and then she touches the raven tattoo and says a spell and raises the other hand up, and a beam of light just comes down. Uh, can... what? Mm. This is the Horcrux. Do you not want us to yeah. destroy it? No, I want us to destroy it, but can we destroy it in a way that it can be repaired? Mm. Will Sacred Flame allow us to repair it? So radiant damage probably leaves a little bit to be desired, mechanically speaking. I don't have a good answer for you, so I'm going to make a Dungeon Master's call here. Radiant damage will leave the structure of this thing intact. It's not, like, hot. It's not going to melt the metal. It's not going to mar it. But it will absolutely destroy anything evil attached to it. That sounds perfect, then. Okay, Great. so she touches the Raven Tattoo and says a spell and raises her hand to the sky, and a beams of light just come down and blast at this thing until it is dead. There's a an energy that fades off of this thing. And you are left with a somewhat cool-to-the-touch amulet medallion. Well, hopefully that takes care of their ghost thug. What about this door to the lake? Do we want to open that? Yes. All right. I mean, I'd I wouldn't mind a rest. She has a point. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just a short one. Not in this gross basement. You take a short rest. Remember, you can spend hit dice to heal yourself. Take a short rest. That's not a bad plan. Yay, I'll I can be useful again. Hit die. Back down to 11 Ten. damage. <laughs> yeah, I'll use two hit dice to heal myself to full. Are you still older? I, yes. I don't think that goes away. Is I think that you a... have to go to like a special cleric or something. Too. Is it a curse? Or you have to get like restoration or it is a more powerful curse than Remove Curse can handle. Oh, because I have a scroll for that. But Greater Restoration can handle it. Oh, you have a it. scroll for Greater Restoration. Oh, I have a scroll of Greater Restoration. Maybe we should wait until we're done with the Big Baddie and then do all that. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but I just want it to be known. Being 50 does not currently seem to be hurting Xeris's combat prowess. Yes. I just wanted to make sure that we knew. Yeah, that I had Xeris, I think your hairline has receded several inches, mm -hmm. though, and mm -hmm. that's... Pretty offensive. You've got a little grayer. <laughs> <laughs> got some salt and pepper on the sides. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably pure white at this point, but yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Who's opening this door? 
Uh, I I, well, hold on, hold on a second. So we are down a level. So we're like down yes. under the water. You are mud, below mud. the water line of the lake. I have some reservations about opening this door. <laughs> yeah. I think we need to make sure we have a, there's a ladder going up. We have a quick way to get back up. Yeah. Oh. Before you open the door, I am going to cast a guidance on Cirrus. Yeah. Good call. Okay. I'm going to wait by the ladder while you open that door. <laughs> that seems reasonable. Yeah, prepare an action to climb the ladder. Here comes the way. You open the door and all these mycelium come out and strangle us. Yeah, I'll have the axe out. Yeah. He's looking at his book. Yeah, oh, he's, he's pulling out the monster manual. <laughs> so, Zerus, you open this door, right? Yes. I'm going to need an athletics check from you, my friend. Hey, I've got Guidance. <laughs> Guidance is the D4 version of skill checks, right? Yes. Okay. Also, Creighton is feeling so Plus guilty five. taking you down. Not 20. So that's 26. Jeez. The room is filled with tentacles. Creighton and Boulaine, I need also athletics or acrobatics check. Zerus, a tentacle wraps around you and goes to pull. It cannot get you through this door. You will not allow it. I'm going to go for acrobatics here. Six. Eleven. Creedon, it wraps around you and yanks you towards the door. You slam into Zerus' back. With an eleven, Boulain, it wraps around you and pulls you to the door. You slam into Zerus' back. Zerus, I need another athletics <laughs> check as two people slam into the back of no. you. And I no longer have guidance, is that correct? Guidance is just for the next ability. Go ahead and add it. Okay. Sort of in instantaneous thing, really. 14, 19, 19 plus 3 is 22. Damn, okay, yeah. You hold. <laughs> and that is where we're going to stop for this ah! evening. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, shit. And that is our show today. Special thanks to Todd Ferguson and My Pet Machine for our tunes, Julie at Elaborate Flight of Fancy for our logo, and author Tim Beach, who was the original creator of the town of North Bank and D&D lore in, I believe, 1992. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review. Next up, it's boss fight time on Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey. 